Welcome once again to Devotional. This is lesson number four for Tuesday, November 27. And the lesson keeps getting uh, more poignant, um, more challenging. Uh, you know, the idea of uh, confessing, forgiving, reconciliation is. Uh, it requires sacrifice. I mean, in order for God to ex extend that to us, it was the cross. It was separation. It was this uh, agony of the Gethsemane. So reconciliation has a price. And um, Tuesday's lesson is about practical unity. And it is just that. I mean, it's one of the most practical uh, lessons on how to experience unity. And it's not difficult. I mean, the lesson uh, sheds all of the abstracts, ideas that we may have had already, and it gets to the nitty-gritty of practicality, rubber meeting the road. That's the theme of this lesson today. And I'm going to read to you a passage that the lesson highlights. It's 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 from the New King James. It says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. And I'm just going to stop right there. War against the soul. You know, unity. You cannot have war uh, and have unity at the same time. Um, they are mutually exclusive. And this inner battle within my soul uh, extends itself, manifests itself, outwardly in my relationship with other people and with God. Um, this uh, abstaining from fleshly lust, which war against the soul, sometimes we may think, you know, and it's not just speaking about, you know, sexual immorality. There's greed, there's uh, manipulations, there's violence. All of those fall under that canopy of fleshly lust. And uh, before I get into it, I'm going to read again James chapter 4, uh, starting in verse 1, that says, what is the source of quarrels and conflict among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and do not have, so you commit a murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. When I give in, when I yield to greed, selfishness, covetousness, lust, any of those things, in a private way, in a way that I may think, well, you know, no one's going to know how I am managing my finances. No one is really going to know how I am choosing to function uh, in, in the secular world as far as, you know, timekeeping or uh, comments made to co-workers of the opposite gender. Hey, there's no church members in my job and they make comments that are funny and it's harmless. Well, Peter tells us, abstain. We are pilgrims. This is not our home. We should not make ourselves comfortable with our surroundings. We should abstain because those things that I do not abstain from provoke and uh, fan the flames of this war, this lust, these fleshly lusts that war against the soul. Not that the soul is warring against them, but that the war is against, like it attacks the very core of who we are. And James expounds on this, that it will not just affect you. Are there fights in your family? Are there, are there now being, are you experiencing fights in your marriage? 
are they are there fights over legitimate things and i mean if they if you could even call it that right because yeah we can have disagreements but are there fights over trivialities is there short-temperedness with your children with you as, as, a, as a child as a parent are you finding yourself constantly at quarrel with those closest to you examine your soul are you abstaining or are you indulging are you allowing are you pursuing where do these wars come from says james don't they come from the lust don't they come from your envy what you cannot have and want is that not where your quarrels come from very practical abstaining is not simply create a vacuum in your life uh, Jesus warns us against the idea of a religion of creating vacuums that I cannot I cannot I cannot maybe is how I'm using my time specifically my free time you know the this non-stop race this non-stop I mean we just finished Black Friday right and we, my wife and I stayed up because we have uh, friends over. We had some pastoral families, close friends, uh, and we had fellowship. And no one wanted to go home. We wanted to continue, but we had kids. We were tired. And so we called it a, a night sometime past 11. Went to bed, slept in, and it was good. It was good not getting into this idea of I have to have, I don't have. What a good price. What a bargain. And I mean, I'm not saying it's, it's sinful if you wanted to use something that you needed and that, you know, it was going to be at a good price. There's nothing wrong with taking advantage of financial opportunities like that. But Black Friday is not about, you know, oh, we need a new washer or I need to get a new pair of socks. Those are not the things that are being flaunted in front of us. And it's a rat race and it's nonstop. And it makes you get up at three in the morning so you can be at the store making a line so that you can at least hope to get whatever object it is that you want. It's nonstop. And for me, this, this continual rat race creates stress, creates tension. So we want to decompress. And that's where I think the devil gets us. When you and I need to decom decompress, there's nothing wrong with needing to release the pressure of work release the pressure of the deadlines to release the pressure of you know bosses and supervisors that are putting pressure 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 on us you know we have a, a crock pot called instant pot at home i love it you just put whatever it is the ingredients in there <clears throat> make sure you flavor it correctly and just press the buttons and boom walk away you can do so many other things you don't have to worry about it burning the food um, it's done but there's something about the crock pot that you know i didn't like and i still struggle with it the, ti the timer says you know that the food will be done in 30 minutes so i'm watching okay 15 minutes man i'm getting hungry 10 minutes yes five minutes Ooh, almost there one minute yay i'm getting the plates ready i'm getting some juice and chopping things you know little things that i'm going to add to the goodness that is in that crock pot boop boop it's done now I have to wait. <laughs> I have to wait for the crock pot to decompress. I cannot just pop the lid. It will blow up in my face and there's a whole bunch of triggers and locks to prevent me from opening it. Thank God. 
So there's things that I can do. There's a little valve at the top that I can twist and I have to make sure that nothing is above it, like wood cabinets or things like that. And, uh, or other things that the, the, sometimes it starts, you know, spurting things, some of the, the soups or whatever that is in the, in the crock pot that helps decompress it faster. Um, there's another valves and there's other things that I could do, but, um, there's one thing that I'm not going to do is pop the lid. Decompressing is necessary when there's pressure. How do you decompress? Chances are there just may be that that is what Satan is waiting for. The moments when you just want to go home, take the shoes and what do you do? How do you decompress? There are some healthy ways. Some of my members at Monroe do this all the time. They go for walks in nature. That is one of the best ways to decompress. Some of my other members at Oakwood play instruments. I know for my sister Candace Waltz, the violin is a relaxing thing for her. It decompresses. It takes her away. That is an awesome way to decompress. I remember how I used to decompress after a long day at work. I used to work three different jobs at the mall. I would be at the work at 8.30 in the morning to make sure the registers were open. And I was the manager at the store and I had to do payroll when it was dead. I would get out from my job around 5 o'clock and go to my other job that I work part-time. I had two other jobs that I work part-time. And so I was basically out of the mall by 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, exhausted. Feet achy, been on my feet all day long. I would go home. I didn't want to go for a walk. Number one, it was late. In my neighborhood, I couldn't do it. Um, I had a guitar in my room. It had awesome books and I love to draw, but I didn't want to do any of those things. I didn't want to think. I was too tired to think or so I thought. So all I did is vegetate in front of the television till about two in the morning. And around that time at night, there's really nothing a Christian could watch safely without, like Peter tells us, abstaining from fleshly lust. It's hard to do that at midnight when you have a whole bunch of channels to pick from. And decompressing. And it creates that restlessness. And then you wonder, why is this so much strife in my life? Why is there so much strife in my family? Why is there so much strife with those closest to me? Why does it seem that wherever I go, strife follows? Is it the people around me or is it me? How do you decompress, my friend? I learned the better way. I learned to not isolate myself, to decompress, just think I need, I need to be with myself. Uh, when I first got married, my wife would confront me with that. Honey, why are you with your books again? Oh, I just need to decompress. I need to decompress. I learned that, yes, there's nothing wrong with spending some time with the books. But you know, even though it's out of my comfort zone, spending time with my wife and spending time with my daughters is medicine for my soul. It is. It's not spending time with my, my children in front of the television. Um, it's spending time with them, investing in them, listening to them. And yes, I have to engage my mind. Um, and you know what? I'll just say it. There's nothing wrong with taking a nap. Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, I love naps, uh, even if it's just a power nap. Sometimes that's what you need the most. But you'll sit in front of the computer or you get your phone out, which is what many people are doing now. 
to try to you know unplug escape be taken some somewhere else play video games watch things all of those things there's a high high probability that we're no longer in the atari era where you know pong was the, the big thing or pac-man we're way past that and what we decompress with today with what you are training or allowing your children to decompress after a long day of classes may be provoking the wars in your home and practical unity this lesson you need to spend some time on it because you will glean and god will lead you to discover things in your life that you need to abstain from and when you do you will experience this sweetness of peace and harmony in your home there's just no way about it when there's peace in the soul there's peace in the home so how will you choose to relate to the pressures of this week how will you relate to the practical unity that uh, the lesson provides for us I hope you will choose to invest in that open this lesson look at the passages and ask God by the grace of God make these principles living in my life I pray that for me Lord may by your spirit may I experience this unity because I am practicing the principles laid out for your word from your from your word I will abstain but I will also fill my life with those things that produce harmony and unity